Welcome to Chaos Divided, a podcast exploring the hobby, the game, and the lore of Warhammer 40k. We're your hosts, Nurgle Snurgle and Blushing Noise Marine, and today we're talking about discovering the joy in painting. Now this week's quote mm-hmm. is uh, fresh off the presses, really, and it yeah. is, uh, art cares not whether you can paint or not, only that you simply do. And you so can find it. that uh, <laughs> written by Nurgle Snurgle today. Oh, it's not, like, is it written somewhere? Can they find that? It was verbalized. Well, it's written on, on our notes, so it's... There you go. So yeah, no, you wrote it. Yeah. You put pen to paper and it's your quote now. Here, I'll, 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 uh, I'll say it. Art cares not whether you can paint or not, only that you simply do. <laughs> Perfect. Now go paint, my little ones. <laughs> <laughs> so, painting. I was, I was I, channeling my inner Nurgle. Sorry. <laughs> I felt like a Nurgling in the moment. I'm not gonna lie. I felt. Like oh, a little I nurgling. hope everybody felt like a little Nurgling. Just. <laughs> <laughs> so for some, it can be a source of shame. Wait, we all have those piles. I think. Mm-hmm. Uh, piles of what? S- piles of shame. Piles of shame. For some joking about, you know, that pile is is almost part of the hobby. I love those vi- uh, videos on Instagram that are just people showing off their their piles and, you know, sharing their love for the future potential in them. Yes. But most importantly, painting is really at the center of the hobby. You know, mm-hmm. painting green miniatures is so quintessentially Warhammer that GW built a game to facilitate the hobby and. Mm-hmm. That's true. Uh, Games Workshop originally made miniatures for D and D, and oh, I was just about to them. ask. Interesting. Yeah. yeah so they they made D and D miniatures in like the eighties, and they Out found people were collecting them. Yeah. Okay. And they're like finding that people had these like small collections of them, and that's where Warhammer Fantasy came out of was creating mm. a game for the the miniatures. Okay, and then. Yeah. I guess after that, they were like, well, we need a paint line. We need, I guess, quote, primer. We need (laughs) clippers. We need glue. We need everything. Yeah, like, uh, you know, they built into a big company. But like in the beginning, it was just like, you know, accessories for D&D that then became its own game, which then became its own sci-fi version of that. And that's why early, like, 40K was... The stories weren't in the beginning? It was just the models? Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah, like if you go back like to like the very beginning, like they were more like mercenary type like miniatures for like player characters and like monsters. Mm-hmm. Cool. So that's why like literally the game comes out of the hobby. Like mm-hmm. the hobby is that like big pillar. Mm-hmm. Um and for some people, that's, you know, that's all they really engage with with Warhammer is that hobby aspect. They don't necessarily play the game. They don't care about the lore. But, you know, Games Workshop makes nice miniatures and people like mm-hmm. painting them. Yeah. And even like the plastic, like the quality of the plastic, I really like. Like, um, you can feel the difference from the D- D&D models to AGW model. Like the it has a different weight to it, has different like texture to it, um, porous and, and how smooth it is. So uh, not only are the sculpts beautiful, but like the quality of the plastic is really nice. 
Yeah, that was one of the big things when I came back to the hobby was like how far it had come. Like mm-hmm. even like the plastic is a different color than it used to be. Like it used to be lighter. Oh, um, interesting. Yeah, because at some point, I don't know where, but they changed the plastic to even mm-hmm. help like be like better at um hobbying and yeah. you don't really get mold lines like you used to. You know, a mm-hmm. huge component of like building any kind of miniature was like really scraping down and like buffing out all of the mold lines. Fire mm-hmm. warriors used to be brutal for them because the big tau helmets didn't hide any of it. Mm-hmm. So you'd have this big line around like the center of their helmets <laughs> and you know, you'd have to get that off or else it's just... It made it look like it was a little plastic miniature. (laughs) I'm sure you just invoked a lot of memories in a lot of people right now. (laughs) Mold lines were, you know, if you're thinking, oh, you know, I see mold lines now. You don't know mold lines like older players know mold lines. Like, it's a different ball game. And like, was it like uh, you couldn't really get rid of it type of mold lines? You could, but it was like... The impossible mold line? (laughs) I mean, for some of them, yeah, I think you just had to, unless you really wanted to get in with like a, a knife and mm-hmm. carve them back out, you know, some of the mm-hmm. stuff on the sides, because the kits were also like chunkier pieces back then. Mm-hmm. Like they weren't as um, dynamic pose. <laughs> yeah, like some of the, um, you know, doing like even legionaries, you know, they come in these big, almost graceful pieces that then kind of connect together. Mm. Um mm-hmm. Whereas, you know, Fire Warriors used to be, you know, a chunky square cylinder body with legs and you would put the arms on and a head. Now okay. they come in like posed like, Almost like a Lego, and, like head, arms, legs, yeah. body. <laughs> Mini fig, almost like there wasn't a lot of pieces. Well, there's pieces to them, but they weren't as posed. Mm-hmm. You did a lot, had to do a lot more of the posing. So even part of it was, you know, if you wanted a more dynamic running type pose, you would need to maybe carve out a little bit of the arms, the shoulders mm. to get the arms in the right position, or, mm. you know, maybe mess around with the torso and the legs a bit so that you can get them looking a little bit different because there was really only like four poses to them. Mm-hmm. And that was and for now, most like, of the line. Uh, I did Votan. That was crazy like they have so many little pieces to them and it's so tiny like i can't imagine having like larger hands trying to smooth out these little pieces like i was scared i was gonna bend the pieces and like now you have like different guns that you can magnetize and and yeah the votan were were quite interesting to put together so yeah i've been talking about hobbying and mm-hmm. you know finding that love you know i think we're, we're already talking about it and even just we haven't mm-hmm. even talked about painting yet we're just talking about building miniatures <laughs> and we're already getting exciting and you know for some people that's the worst part honestly mm. it's probably my favorite part i actually love building the building it all together but i i see it it's all it, it's one of my least but i i can see why it, it's it is nice and therapeutic and um i just why, why do you like it so much? I find it because I'm not great at painting and, you know, sometimes that comes with its own bag of hammers, but building them and trying to take something that, especially some of the, you know, newer kits are more monopose and trying to, mm. you know, I'm not much of a kit basher. You know, I've, I've 
experimented a little tiny, tiny bit with some things, but um, trying to create your own unique shape, putting, mm -hmm. you know, taking kind of this blank canvas of a disc and trying to create the perception of movement out of it. Mm -hmm. And, you know, how do you make something look a little bit different than what everyone else has built? And can you adjust the arms? Is there a unique way? And even just making sure that it looks possible, you know, mm -hmm. making sure the arms are, you know, in a position where it makes sense for them. And, you know, you don't just have people that, you know, your miniatures look like they've been Frankenstein together. I enjoy yeah. that challenge. Yeah, like... Uh like we've said in the past, like building that foundation and your model is that foundation to a really cool looking model and yeah. like how it's posed. Like, does it have big gaps in the, in the, in the mold lines and is it chunky or like you said, Frankenstein? <laughs> I wanted the building up my Empress children. One of the kits that I kind of enjoyed building was the bikers, which are like a Fisher Price looking motorcycle. They're the was it kit... round? Oh yeah, the kits are from 1999. Ooh. They're old, they're chunky, there's no detail on them. Um, <laughs> and finding ways to kind of make them look more dynamic and trying to make a perception of them being a little bit more modern. There's a few that I, you know, got actually to like look like they're like almost drifting, skidding along, like, cool. you know, trying to find ways of taking, okay, this is not the best kit in the world, but can I still have fun with it? Yeah, so taking something that's so static and adding some oomph to it, some movement. Yeah, yeah that's cool. Yeah. One on, there's one I have that does like a wheelie, so it's, you know. <laughs> Why not? Just, of course. <laughs> exactly. You know, that sounds, it sounds right. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, we're, we're talking about kind of that hobby joy today you know I, mm. I think we started off in the planning parts of this you know talking about the why of painting there's a lot of how mm -hmm. instagram youtube are filled with tutorials there's a lot of how to paint but not a lot of why to paint so mm -hmm. we're gonna talk about that today mm -hmm. and, and why you at home should paint your models and it's not because you should be ashamed it's okay to have pile of opportunity yes what other names can we call them? I, well, okay. Full disclosure, we talked about this before we started, but I do yeah. not have a pile of unpainted miniatures, so. Yeah, let's let's kind of sidebar on that for a little bit. Like, uh, it is talked about a lot, about the pile of shame and the pile of opportunity. And like you said, it's it's pretty memed at this point of everybody has one oh, yeah. and it's kind of unavoidable like like I shared like I didn't think I would have one like I wanted to keep up with it and make sure that I didn't have one um and then I got this box and that box and this project and that project and I just oops I fell behind <laughs> but like you were just saying and that you shared you don't have one I I mean, full disclosure, not every single miniature I own is perfectly painted, mm -hmm. but everything that I have that isn't painted is recently purchased and is mm -hmm. in some state of painting. Uh, I think the only things I really have are a Land Raider I'm working on and uh, some cultists that I need to paint. And mm -hmm. uh, the cultists are, I keep trying and they're like patchwork painted and I just, they're boring. I, I'm not loving painting them. But the Land Raider I'm trying to take my time with, 
I love painting vehicles. Mm -hmm. So I'm really trying to make that a labor of love. So it's, you know, when I have some time to concentrate and, and put some effort in, that's, you know, I'm trying to make that not look as janky as a lot of my other miniatures. <laughs> <laughs> so do you, do you plan like, I'm once I get this box, I'm going to build it and I'm going to paint it. Like, what's the timeline of you purchasing a box? Because I know a lot of people at home right now probably have an unopened box. I have a couple in in the closet so when you purchase a box to being done do you have a timeline uh i mean i usually will have it built within a week oh wow <laughs> so if you know uh well even my emperor's children i bought that i bought two thousand points um as a lump to get started and mm -hmm. i uh, within two and a half months it was battle ready I admire you. I mean, again, I'm not a great painter. My standards are not as high as maybe some uh, of our listeners might be for what their own painting looks like. So like battle ready mm -hmm. is like, I'm pushing that. I'm like, if, if you look at them closely, like they're just meeting that standard. Mm -hmm. But, but they're yeah. done. But no, I like building them. So that part is usually easy and then get them primed and then, just mm -hmm. pick away at them. Uh, I'm mm -hmm. fortunate enough to have a hobby table, so I yes. can just, you know, if I have 20 minutes, I can sit there and paint a little bit. Wonderful. I have a cat that drinks the water, the paint water. That's the only, I have to go refresh that every time. So My cat also used to do that, especially with <laughs> Jared. Like, even before I started, um, he would paint at like the coffee table and she would jump up and be like, oh, do you have some of that paint water? <laughs> and then scary over. <laughs> it, yeah, and I use a lot of metallics, and I'm like, I don't know if you should oh. be drinking that. You probably you're just, it's just not. a lot of microplastics. Your 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 cat's chroming herself, <laughs> right? Um, but no, so no, but okay. So you say you have some boxes. So what's your process for kind of dealing with the pile of opportunity? I live life in such chaos that I have no plan of whatsoever like i i live too much in the moment that it's like oh now i feel like doing it like like thank god for like commission painting because sometimes i don't know if i would have gotten to a lot of paint jobs or thank god for instagram as well too because like i love like taking a picture and then and then posting it and then months down the road i look back on it and be like oh sweet i see progress and um to see what i've painted along the way i mean but, i think uh, that's a good idea though is you know if you a do lot of, like a lot of like the piles of shame was more i have like this idea for this project but i've also like built myself up to be too much afraid like too afraid to do it like it's like i have this crazy idea and I just, I, I don't want to screw it up. Like, we'll, we'll go through it with uh, talking about the hobby, but um, uh, deep down, like, this hobby has definitely shone a light on my personality, and I've had to uh, uh, learn some things about myself and how I uh, approach projects and, and tackle them. And 
um, how I've felt about myself. Like, I know a lot of people will probably relate how they don't like their their pieces or their their projects or they get stuck in their own head and and I've been there and it's it's not a good place it's not a fun place to be and I feel like I'm finally coming out of that and really honing in on loving progress more than perfection I know I've I've mentioned it in the past and 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 it's something that I want to share with everybody else that like you don't have to be perfect you don't have to be like great like I think I feel like I'm more talking to my past self and I know that others may relate to that so yes you don't have to be perfect and you don't have to be the best just um whatever you do is gonna be great I, I think that progress versus perfection is huge. And, and it's mm-hmm. interesting to me, you know, as someone who has accepted my, you know, painting status and some of the best painters I know are so harsh on themselves. And uh, it's, it's almost painful because like you shouldn't be that harsh or, it is like there there are cutting words that you can tell yourself and that um you would never say to anybody else so why would you say it to yourself and it, and actually like this is going to be kind of weird but i i found out that elvis presley actually was worried that he was never going to be a legend and now he like obviously whatever happened happened and he is a legend so in his time he didn't realize how good he was and imagine your entire life being that great having so many people and you still had it stuck in your head that you weren't that that's that's imprisonment of your own self like that you don't have to do so it kind of like opened me up and I was like oh man I don't want to go through life thinking that I suck I don't want anyone else to so that's why I share share my thoughts and 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 try to be raw and transparent <laughs> about this so, all so so in the name of raw transparency what there is you your hobby why my hobby why yes mm. being being raw and transparent and and uh uh finding out who i am and connecting with others i think i think at the core that's uh, all it needs to be for me at least Expressing yourself, mm-hmm. feeling the expression of others. I think that's really cool. Mm-hmm. And and seeing others' expressions. Like I've often said that I've never wanted to be labeled an influencer. I'd rather be an inspirer. Like don't do what I do. Do what you do. Do what you do best. And... Yeah, you can take away some of my tips, but still do it in your own way and you'll find some beauty in that. I, uh, I shared this on Instagram this week, but talking about, you know, I have um, a degenerative eye disease in both my mm-hmm. eyes. So I really struggle with like even seeing the details on a miniature, let alone painting them. Um, so for me, you know, it's an opportunity to still express myself mm-hmm. and 
kind of see what the best I can do is. Um, mm-hmm. But that's why I'm not as, you know, I'm not as critical on myself because I know, like, you know, when I'm looking at tr- the trim on uh, a shoulder pad and I'm trying to figure out which of the three mirror images I'm actually seeing is the right one, um, you know, I know it's not going to look great, but mm-hmm. I still enjoy doing it and I still get to relax and kind of get into the moment. And there is something very zen about yes painting and And i'm so happy that you found that as well yeah it's interesting because you know when i was younger painting was probably my least favorite part of warhammer and now Mm -hmm. you know i would say it's one of my more favorite parts do you remember when that kind of switched for you well when i like came back to the hobby like it was really you know when i was younger the quality of everything and yeah, I think I got older and I got a little bit, you know, mm-hmm. maybe a little wiser and a little mm-hmm. bit more appreciative of having some time. I mean, I painted a lot. Um, I have a, a newborn. So you know, when they were very, you know, first few months, you just have a lot of time at home and there's a lot of time, you know, they're sleeping, they're doing this, they're doing that. So you have kind of these hour pockets of time that mm-hmm. you just have to be present, but a two month old doesn't really talk to you yet. So, <laughs> you know, those were opportunities to. I think you, know, you did say that yours does say hi and. <laughs> well, yeah. And uh, mama. <laughs> she does do a very good mama when she's upset. Uh, but I mean, you know, at one month old, she was not doing that. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, it was kind of an opportunity to see a little bit more of that. I kind of got back into Warhammer with that expectation of, okay, I am going to be at home more. And the hobby part of that was kind of an appeal for me of, okay, maybe I can give this a shot. And I've Mm -hmm. enjoyed it more than I thought I would. Wonderful. So that's a question that we can uh, pose to everybody. Like what is your hobby? Why? And why do you keep coming back to this hobby? And how do you, what do you take away from it? And uh, some examples, like I understand that sometimes I used to think about that, like, what is my hobby? Why? And I would really think about it. And I'm, I, I'd almost shrug my shoulders and be like, I don't know. I just do. But then um, having it broken down and even written or heard, it uh, really puts into a, a nice little category, I guess you could say. And some of the reasons could be because you can. Everybody can just... Um, I guess if you're playing the game or anything like no one's stopping anybody from from hobbing like no one's telling you you can't paint like <laughs> you 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 just simply can and uh, it's fun it's a very fun activity uh, it's therapeutic um, you don't need much uh, you c- you can get away with uh, having dollar store paints and dollar store brushes and water and uh, uh, that can uh, get you started um, and then the more you do the hobby I, I, uh, you can invest more if you have the money but at the core at the brass tax of it all you you don't need much um, it also builds a visual library now this is what I was kind of researching on and what that kind of means is it 
by hobbying more and painting more, it builds your attention to detail. It grows from there. And uh, you will find yourself just kind of looking at, say, nature a little bit more you'll you'll check out the textures you'll you'll see the colors like there's been times where i'll walk through the park and i'll see a a really nice statue or a sign and i'll take a picture of it and keep it as reference because i like to study like how the rust on that how can i transfer that to a model so i i found myself afterwards like oh i'm starting to see uh light differently and and texture differently um the more i hobby uh another reason could be uh building progression and and getting to a finish line uh i've been learning lately that um we love goals we love having accomplishments from a start to a finish and we get the reward and the dopamine and you feel great and this hobby really um helps with that and then and then lastly it's shareable you can share with your friends you can share with your family you can even share with a a stranger down the street like hey i i painted my mini you want to check it out (laughs) and or at a tournament and and connect that way so those are some really like great whys and perhaps you can put that into your daily life as well with your hobby. Uh, I didn't think when we uh, kind of pitched this episode, we were going to be talking about how Warhammer builds your aesthetic sense, but here we are. So <laughs> no, it's, it's true deep. though. This, this, ho- like, this hobby, this game, Games Workshop, they did a great job and I love where we're, where we're at today. And I can't wait to see the future. As we keep saying, we're on the, we're in the midst of a golden age, so yeah, you should enjoy it. <laughs> the golden uh, throne age. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Uh, so, I mean, I, I touched on this already, but it's you know, I it's easy to feel inadequate as a painter, uh, mm-hmm. and one of the things I see folks that are incredible painters, and uh, I have you know, privilege. Um, there's a, a fantastic painter locally here and he was showing mm. me um, his commander Farsight model. Mm-hmm. And, you know, he was like, Oh, you know, this was, you know, kind of a rough job for me. You know, I didn't put as much effort in. It's not, you know, it doesn't feel as great as, you know, I wanted to. Um, and then Warhammer community uh, posted it. So, um, <laughs> you know, if that doesn't say something right like it's and i was sitting there like are we looking at the same thing like yeah. i was like i was like i don't want to was he saying this. that before or after before okay like before did he change he, his tune after uh you know what i didn't talk to him about it after so maybe i'll have okay. to ask him um but yeah it's one of those you know you know he was kind of very critical of it in the moment and i'm like this is literally the best how miniature i have i don't mm-hmm. even want to touch it because i'm like afraid i will ruin it by my presence <laughs> um and it was gorgeous and it was one of those like i feel honored just to have seen it in person because mm-hmm. you know you see pictures on instagram but actually mm-hmm. getting to see something in person feels different it's incredible like uh when i was at mini wargaming i saw um 
a Maverick paint mini and it was the one where it was the top half was a skeleton and the bottom half was like the space marine and it, it, it was as though he was melted and I saw this mini in person oh. I was like oh my god it was incredible like I, it was it's living art like who I I can't even describe it it's so smooth it's just it's wonderful and that's really you know it's easy to kind of say like, well, if I can't do that, then mm. I shouldn't even try. But mm-hmm. at the same time, you know, even if you can't be a great painter, like I talked about, like I'm never going to be, there's no amount of tutorial skills training that's going to get me there. Mm-hmm. Um, but I still get to express myself and I still get to participate in something and I still get to, you know, see what others can do and also express the joy that they've put into something and the care and attention and you know that farsight model i can never do that but it like made me happy to see someone else do that Mm -hmm. because it was just such a labor of love that you get to share that just by being around it yes yeah Yeah, i've seen that model it's wonderful (laughs) just thinking about it (laughs) Yeah, and it's one of those, you know, it's not, yeah, it's, there's no gimmick, there's no, but it's just, it is mm-hmm. just really nicely done. And, you know, having some hobby perspective yourself allows you to appreciate it more. It develops that aesthetic sense. Mm-hmm. And like, uh, to kind of touch on like, um, people wanting to be great, like they, they don't want to paint because they're not as great as someone else. And just to say that, like, being great is only an illusion. Like, that's only in your mind of what you think great really is. Again, if you're striving for greatness and perfection, you will run around in circles. Because it's like being a donkey and there's a carrot in front of you saying perfection on the carrot. Like, you can keep chasing it, but it doesn't matter. Because around you is the journey and that's what your focus should be on not on this carrot in front of you because everything well, else matters but i think there's a, a kind of a quote i'm remembering you know it's uh, the difference uh you know a great painter creates a masterpiece with the exact number of breath strokes and not a single one more mm. You know, it's knowing exactly how much to paint and no further. Mm-hmm. But I can tell you, painters don't think that way. Artists <laughs> don't think that way. They will think, I, I need just one more stroke. I think one more stroke will finish it. If I put one stroke here, then it's done. Oh, no, I did too many strokes. Oh, sh- Oh, no. <laughs> it's ruined. I can't, I can't go back. I can't unstroke this now. Whoa, don't quote that. <laughs> But no, that's, you know, part of it is uh, acknowledging that, you know, that pursuit of perfection can lead you astray. And, yeah. you know, part of greatness is learning how much to do and how much to put into something and when it's time to be done. Yes. And that takes training as well and acceptance. And it might not feel perfect at the time, but it will be right in the end. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So... 
we've been kind of dancing around this, but painting is fundamentally about expression and it's making your models your own. And it doesn't have to necessarily be aesthetic in any type of like standard or sense. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. No, aesthetic is often a word that's connoted more with classical aesthetics and something being pleasing to the eye. But mm -hmm. Warhammer is a grimdark universe. Mm -hmm. It doesn't have to be pretty. It doesn't have to be nice. It doesn't have to be floral and elegant and natural. Mm -hmm. So I think it's important to say that you know, if you're worried about getting into the hobby because you know what you want to do doesn't look proper or it doesn't look like what you saw in a codex or it doesn't look like what somebody else's miniature looks like, that's totally fine and encouraged. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And like, even when I... Uh... <laughs> In the beginning of the Warhammer, uh, being introduced to Warhammer, so again, like 11 years ago, um, I remember hearing Blood God talk about, like, it has to be a certain color, it has to be a certain way, you can't do it that way, or like, just, he wasn't like that type of guy, but like, he would also re reiterate what he would hear from like other game stores. I'm like, that is crazy. That is. No, 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 no. Uh, and then when I started uh, painting Nurgle Demons, I was like, a little color there and a color there. Like, that was the great thing about demons is, like, there is no rules for paint schemes. Well, and really, you know, if, if you, you want to do wanna... a blue corn bloodthirster, go do it. That would actually <laughs> there, look really good. There is one. It was, like, an icy type of bloodthirster. Ooh. If you guys want to, like, Google or DuckDuckGo it, it is mint. At a... That sounds really cool. Mm -hmm. So I would imagine it was. But yeah, if you want to have, you know, custodies are probably one of the most mm -hmm. kind of solidified aesthetic armies out there. But if you want to do like a rusted, grim, dark, flaking paint custodies, like mm -hmm. you don't have to follow any of those conventions. Like do it. Well, look at the war mistress. She did red custodies and they are beautiful. I mean, if we're going to talk about the War Mistress, we need to talk about those, like, oil can orcs. Because those are <laughs> my favorite. <laughs> the commandos in the oil yeah. tanks with the little slit. Like, it, I see those, and it, like, it reminds me of, like, Donkey Kong simultaneously yeah. as War. Like, it's, those are yeah. just the funnest miniatures ever. So. I dare you to look at them and not smile. Right? <laughs> like, I just, every time, I'm like, I, I almost want to start an orc army because I want those models just a bunch of those yeah <laughs> just like a whole army of like oil can like little yeah. like gobbos just like always oh, the strongest can like <laughs> <laughs> and they should all be purple <laughs> right well all of my armies are purple so yeah. uh so yeah no and that's really like it's important i think to understand that like your expression is more important than like what anyone else thinks. Mm -hmm. There's no wrong way to paint. There's no wrong way to create a color scheme. And I, I really appreciate with 10th, they're kind of, cause space Marines were bad for the, like, if your space Marines look like this, then they are that. Mm -hmm. And them getting away from that completely from a rule standpoint. Um, yeah. You know? Or like you were saying, like uh, back in the day with orcs, how they were painted mean that they would get that certain rule. Yeah, and then you end up with everyone paints 
their vehicles the same way because they wanted mm-hmm. them to go faster. Mm-hmm. Um, which then takes out all the like individuality. Mm-hmm. But no, like the rules have been moving away from all of that. So I feel mm-hmm. like, you know, even if you are a more competitive player, like there's room for all of that expression and excitement and uniqueness that mm-hmm. you don't have to worry as much about like, well, if they don't look like ultramarines, are people going to have an issue with that? Not anymore. <laughs> they're not allowed to have an issue with it. But as long as they're painted, you get that 10 points, baby. <laughs> I'm sure I that's feel like not that going was away. the. I love that change for ninth. Out of anything that came out of ninth, that was the best rule ever. You can fight me on it on Instagram. <laughs> I don't care. You can that... at her. <laughs> yes. <laughs> That, I feel, elevated everybody in the hobby to paint. Like, it, like yes, there was COVID and stuff, but that gave them the push that needed to happen. And now you go to tournaments and people's got those fully painted armies and they look gorgeous. It's true. And it does, it does feel better to play an army that mm-hmm. is fully painted it feels better to have an opponent that's fully painted mm-hmm. you know mm-hmm. even it just, doesn't feel like you're you're playing against the meta chasers as much i mean there's some like pretty fast painters out there that i'm sure are running around and with 25 armies but that's wonderful <laughs> but at least it. it still looks good yeah and i can tell what's what <laughs> well and that's really the big thing is you know everything looks the same gray Mm-hmm. and yeah. you know a little bit of paint like you know when I was building my first children Terminators all look the same until you start like adding visual details to differentiate all the weapons mm-hmm. if if not they're just like these blocks so. yeah so there is no wrong to paint wrong way to paint <laughs> yeah if you're worried about you know the the skills you bring to the table there are tools up there that can make the job mm-hmm. easier and it's okay to help yourself out you don't have to you know i've seen a few tutorials where it's like this is a one brush paint scheme but like you don't have really? to do it that like really like it's like a, a recipe like a in a cookbook yeah like, one well, pan. it's like a tutorial <laughs> like you know you can paint um you know how to paint a miniature with like one brush and just like keep cycling through paints um, and I think it's intended to be like a, you know, you don't need a bunch of stuff. True. Which is fair. And like, well, yeah. yeah, because uh, as much as there are tools out there, it can be overwhelming to a new person. Yeah. You know, thinking, you know, okay, do I need to spend a thousand dollars on like paints and nope. brushes and tools? Nope. No, you don't. Like I, I was saying earlier, dollar store helps. Well, most of my, not most of my brushes, but uh, most of my like uh, dry brushing um, brushes, dollar store, makeup brush, beautiful. They work wonderful. One of my better brushes is actually like a clearance brush from Michaels. I think I got for like mm-hmm. $2.50. <laughs> um, and it's held up surprisingly well and it does a good job. So, mm-hmm. so no, you can find those like cheap little tools here and there look out for sales look out for things on clearance and Mm -hmm. i will say a good hobbying knife is helpful that is very true um but at the same time like i'm a very frugal person i could never spend like 
over $30 on a knife. <laughs> so um, I do like my dollar star knives, like the, the exacto knives. They, they work fine. Um, and you can get them kind of cheap. You get them with a mat. Uh, it's like $4. It's good to go. Um, yeah, just, just be cautious out there about the tools because just because it's got a hefty price on it doesn't mean it's the best but at the same time also be cautious about going cheap as well because sometimes it may just be worth it um getting that expensive uh tool but talk to friends look at reviews um chat with others and uh you can usually find your way and then that's just it like finding your way and what feels right for you like i think what was the new gw like drill piece for drilling in your barrels and stuff Mm. um like the new one doesn't work with uh like people with smaller hands Uh, so it doesn't feel right for them um but yeah so finding tools that fit your hand and your and it's it's like a being a chef with a knife you you become one with a knife essentially so it's just like with the tool like with a paintbrush like my my favorite paintbrushes i would say would be the dollar store but um for actual painting i actually like the citadel brushes i'm not sponsored by gw or anything but those brushes have just felt right for me but i know others um artist opus feels right for them or um insert different brushes here Raphael, i think is another one that people really like so just yeah finding your own way with your tools um and then once you acquire these tools uh what's really important is understanding like different techniques and how to use them is really important. Um, uh, we can dive, dive deeper into this. Like one thing that has really stood out for me that made me really r- realize to elevate my painting is uh, brush strokes and brush control. Like knowing how even soft dry brushing can be um can can take it take you that much further or or understanding like the the thinness of paints like it's it's quite important to thin your paints down um and uh what what that looks like and the pigment of it and again like your brush stroke like uh stroking in in a certain direction i know this sounds like a lot to like a new person um but you will find those ways and i know that perhaps if i say it it will get into your mind and you'll start thinking about it because i know i've watched a couple tutorials and they always gave the advice and i i couldn't quite grasp it but then all of a sudden I had some aha moments and I was like, ah, now I get why they say that. <laughs> well, and, I mean, uh, if anyone's a, a more junior painter or, or a more recent painter, I think even just learning dry brushing at all mm-hmm. um, will suddenly make all of your miniatures look so much better. Mm-hmm. And, you know, you don't have to be an expert dry brusher, but even just 
learning a little bit of, you know, popping out details, Mm -hmm. your painting will go from like, well, this doesn't look great to like, wow, I just did that. Um, Mm -hmm. You know, that's one of those kind of a little bit of dry brushing will just like immediately elevate what you're doing. Yeah, and just pick out those details. And once you kind of feel that progress, I think it gets easier then to get into the more advanced techniques and start thinking about brush strokes and thinning paints. And mm-hmm. so now there's, uh, there's like, tips for everyone. And with all of this, it's practicing painting is like training. You have to train your your eyes for the detail and your mind with your hands it you won't you won't make if you're new at it it's okay if it doesn't look like the picture it it won't be like it's like learning a language as well like it is a skill and you will start off in the beginning and you will go through a journey and you will get to where you need to be and uh just keep that in mind if you are a new person. Right and now I'm picturing like a Rocky style montage of like people painting da, 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 like da, da, da. lifting up paintbrushes <laughs> with like their pinky fingers to like strengthen. At the top with your paintbrushes. Yeah, I did it. And paint stains <laughs> on your armpits. Yeah, we got it. <laughs> isn't, it isn't it the paint covered hands, the little like yeah, on your thumb, yep. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> With technicolored thumbs. Yeah. But no, it's true. You know, you're not going to be perfect immediately. And, you know, even if you're a great painter and you're trying to get to that, you know, next level, maybe, you know, if you're somebody who's like, I want to win a golden demon, mm-hmm. you know, you're not going to just like immediately jump. It's not going to be like a sudden lift of skill and quality it's a it's an uphill climb yeah and that's like with anything you don't go into a job and you're the ceo you don't go into youtube and you have five million subscribers you don't go into whatever field and you're at the top it will be a progression speaking of youtube uh you can now find chaos divided on youtube so if you do want to subscribe you can find uh, the podcast on nurgle snurgle's channel Mm -hmm. although i am thinking of Making our own YouTube channel. Ooh, yeah, we're moving so up in the just... world. <laughs> Slowly. See, this is our progress. Everybody that's listening, you are on our progression train up Everest. <laughs> now, I'm going to ask you, what are some of your tips to help uh, folks learn? Like, are there some great tutorials you know about? Is there some you know, great people to follow? Like, what... How did you, you know, improve your skills? Um, I watched tutorials. Um, I'll say my favorite um, painters, and then I'll ask you the same. But the first person I ever saw give a tutorial was Sam Lenz. And this was on Tabletop Minions. And he was showing off a is the skeleton. I think it was from Age of Sigma or something. Uh, don't quote maybe Underworld. I don't know. I can't remember. But anyways, I loved his vibe. I loved his style. I loved his approach to um, painting. It, he, you could tell that he had such passion 
for it and and he just simply just wanted to give this tutorial and this was back uh 2018 2018 2019 and um so back then actually there wasn't that many like tutorials until like obviously covid years and it just blew up from there but uh when i i i saw him and he was one of those people that talked about brush stroke and the direction of your your brush and that that pinned in my head like for months and years but and uh but he seeing his passion for it is what like kept me going and was like the tutorial for me to keep hobbing and and really find the joy in this so uh so there's that him uh i really love uh sergio calvo he is like top notch painter and uh he he's another person that like has an infectious smile and joy and passion and he loves teaching people uh techniques and i love that and then honestly all of you everybody like in this community inspires me and and that's what kept me going like i said uh in the previous podcast i would go through instagram and look at like all the recent um posts and again it didn't matter if you had like all the likes or you had all the followers people were sharing uh what they were doing right then and, and now and or then but it was just like, wow, this is amazing. I'm, I'm getting to really see the this community f- like for what it is, and that that's um, now. I guess like tips to learn. I, I guess that was the original question, but um, I mean, I'm loving this tangent, so it's okay. <laughs> I go on lots of tangents. <laughs> um, <laughs> Uh, some tips f- uh, on how I learned. Um, don't beat yourself up. <laughs> uh, keep at it. Um, you're doing great. Uh, tap into your imagination. Um, uh, just have fun. Like that's all I've really wanted to do. If I thought of something really funny, I really wanted to put it on a model like I had all these converted plague bears and every single time I did them I I chuckled to myself like I was a little little crazy <laughs> but like because like I, I I built stories with them and I I spent time with them and I was like okay you are uh I think his name's Kenji from Mortal Kombat you have now turned into a plague bear and I gave him like a an eye covering and like a, a katana and then another one had like a, a tyranid head i'm like okay you are you were a tyranid once and now you're a plague bear <laughs> kind of thing so <laughs> this is kind of embarrassing to share but um i don't think it's embarrassing at all I'm, i think it's i think no but i think it's important to share the love and creativity you put into each individual model. It's easy, you know, when you're playing on the tabletop or it's easy when you're looking, you know, on Instagram or scrolling through pictures that, you know, it almost becomes a blur. But like you can have these big stories with 
mm-hmm. a single miniature. You can love every single one of them. You can. It doesn't have to be a big character. It doesn't have to be a big important model. You can love. You know, you can love your cultists. I don't love my cultists, but other people can love their cultists. Like, yeah. I have a plague bear and I made him because one of my earliest thoughts of Warhammer is like, why does everyone have a top knot? It looks so ridiculous. I don't get it. <laughs> why? <laughs> so I was like, you know what? I'm gonna I found a top knot and I put it on a plague bear. Then I found a claw like arm and I put it on him and then I found a sword that looks like Draknaya and I was like, you're plague it on. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> That's beautiful. Yeah. So no, I think, you know, being able to have those stories is so important for like the whole fabric of the mm-hmm. hobby. Um, I mean, I'm not going to share any tutorials because I don't watch any because I, mm-hmm. I know it's what I is. Um, okay. Cute. <laughs> I'm, uh, I'm not, a, I don't watch them just because I'm like, I can't do that. Um, but I do love seeing... Uh, miniatures i love seeing what people have done i love seeing the creativity i've um Mm -hmm. actually since starting this channel i've been trying to like explore more of the like emperor's children hashtags and like seeing more and like Mm -hmm. um especially what some people are doing with like the heresy models is gorgeous Mm -hmm. i think actually i shared one of my story recently it was a a dreadnought that i just like fell in love with i was like i want you i want to see you every day um (laughs) So, you know, uh, but I mean, as far as some of the stuff that is like really stuck with uh, is, is Xerxes, Xerxes, right? The yes, Alpha the Legion. Um, yes, that stuff is like mm-hmm. that sticks. I like, you know, I look out for that stuff because I just I love the Alpha Legion, I love the lore of the Alpha Legion, and you know, yeah. they're my second favorite Legion. Um, <laughs> but that's just like that's such a cool thing. Thing that he does yeah and he built like an entire community around it too if people don't know it's c-e-r-x-i-s and he has made this whole thing where uh it's um alpha legion transitioning and people have um done many styles like that and it's like everybody gets together and they show off their alpha legion transitioning and it's so cool <laughs> It's 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 honestly like the technique is gorgeous. The mm-hmm. idea is awesome. It feels so Alpha Legion. Mm-hmm. Like the dreadnought ones I've seen are like wicked. Like you've got like a loyalist legion molding into Alpha Legion, but like he goes so far with it too. Like it's got the like Hydra scale armor on the mm-hmm. Alpha Legion parts, and like it's pretty incredible to see. Um, I'm gonna uh, I'm gonna embarrass Nurgle Servant now mm. and tell her that she's one of my favorite uh, hobbyists that I follow. Um, and I'm talking so about going that, so red right now. <laughs> it's the blushing Nurgle Circle this week. <laughs> uh, and actually, talking back to that that far side, uh, Mike from Watch It Painted. Mm-hmm. Um, he's local, and everything he does, I'm. It's gorgeous. I have a, a demon prince that he painted. It yes. is like the gem of my collection, um, and it's gorgeous. And it's mm-hmm. he's he's red. He's not super slaneshi. I don't care. Like he's just such a beautiful model, and you know 
he's a very like technically proficient painter and everything he does just looks so real mm-hmm. in a way that I really, really love. And it's 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 got the perfect setting and tone. Like he has found his rhythm and mm. it, there's like almost like a softness to it. Like you don't see the harsh brush strokes or edge highlights. It's just like it's it's delicate, but it's oh, it's I he probably doesn't think it's perfect, but it's it's for for everyone observing, it is aesthetically pleasing. <laughs> well, and that's yeah, he doesn't do the heavy edge highlighting, which mm-hmm. a lot of like I feel like that's very popular right now. Mm-hmm. Um, I see a lot of the like heavy edge mm-hmm. highlighting. Um, and that's tough to do, like, that's not an easy it, technique. Oh, yeah. To- <laughs> Like I think um, silver paints is like when I think of like edge highlighting, that's what mm-hmm. who comes to my mind. Um, or and like Quist- it looks- or Quipster nerd, like he mm. is is like he's doing Emperor's Children, I think, right now in purple. So, yeah, so you should it, check it out. It looks, uh, you know, it looks very distinguishable, mm-hmm. but it doesn't necessarily like meld in on the tabletop and the same way because it almost gets that like borderlands like um cell shaded look to it although i like that i love borderlands cell shading (laughs) (laughs) actually i have seen some miniatures where people have like really leaned into that and it looks Mm -hmm. really cool Mm -hmm. i think you'd go crazy painting a whole army that way because i think you have to like suspend reality to see that on a miniature but yeah i think that works well with tau I've seen some like Necromunda stuff that looks really cool done that mm, way. Yeah. Because it's kind of the miniatures are more that vibe anyways. They have mm-hmm. kind of that Borderlands look. Mm-hmm. But yeah. Um, so we do have some questions. We do. Before we get into that, is there any other comments you'd like to make about the joys and love? I, I feel like we're talking like uh, Julia Child about the joys of painting. <laughs> yeah. Julia Child. Um, just... If you are finding the joy in it, to to not beat yourself up, to really enjoy the moment and this wonderful journey, because you don't know what it's gonna where it's gonna take you. If you would have asked me 2018 when I was in a bar painting a nurgling <laughs> that I would become this, I would have been like, "What are you talking about?" So don't don't be discouraged because you don't have that perfect mini whatever you have and whatever you're doing is is what you're meant to do and um if you are new at it and you're nervous just do it like we said in the beginning art cares not whether you paint what was the quote again what was my quote (laughs) Page or not, just that you simply do. <laughs> I even forgot my own quote. <laughs> or just like, just think Nike. Just do it. Just do it. And, like and, and there's so many voices in this uh, community that are willing to help. There's lots of tutorials. You're not in this alone. There's so many resources to, to find. Beautifully said. Anything from you? This is blushing, uh, blushing noise, Marine. <laughs> uh, honestly, I, uh, I've been out of my depth this whole episode. I've just been uh, I've been enjoying your joy come out uh, um, 
and I'm. Uh, I feel like a Care Bear. I could joy out. <laughs> and honestly, I, I've been really appreciating. You know, we've been doing this for a few weeks now, and already mm -hmm. kind of the positivity and the feedback, and getting to connect with people. And you know, I, I've I've been taking your advice and kind of trying to find those like smaller accounts and people just like. You know, they might not have a lot of followers, but they're just passionately making minis. Mm -hmm. And I've found some absolutely beautiful stuff out there that has brought me like hobby joy. Awesome. So if I could encourage anyone to do that, get off the beaten track, you know, there's some great stuff being done from like the big content creators and, you know, it's gorgeous and it's beautiful, but there's also some like super creative, super gorgeous, interesting minis being done by folks that have like 150 followers. And like, mm -hmm. if you find them, you're gonna expand your whole like perspective on the hobby and mm -hmm. you know just build on that joy and community mm -hmm. yes share the hobby joy share the hobby joy mm -hmm. i love it all right so the question the first question's for you mm -hmm. so it's uh when will nurgle snurgle play death guard Ah, so I have already played Death Guard. Actually, uh, the GT that I talked about, uh, my first GT, was actually Death Guard and Nurgle Demons. It was Mortarian with Flesh Mowers, or Plague Spitters, I think, at the time. And then um, with uh, some Demons. And that was my first army. And then I have played, I've tried playing full Death Guard. They, they, they had a tough time in, in 9th edition. <laughs> Not gonna lie. <laughs> but I, my favorite um, way to play Death Guard was with Epidemus. And this was Epidemus used to have a tally. And he could... Uh, the more Nurgle Demons killed, the more this tally went up. And you could reach uh, the full potential, like, plus one toughness. Uh, Rerolling ones to hit for the entire army wide, like Nurgle Demons. And um, plus one strength, plus one attacks, da, da da da. And I used to play that with Plague vs. Crawlers. So having back in the day, well, back in whatever, but a tough nine Plague vs. Crawler, rerolling its ones and, and stuff like that was so much fun. And then they kind of, they, they did away with Epidemus. He. <laughs> He kind of got shafted a little bit and lost all his tally. And I don't even want to talk about that. But uh, so, yes, I have dipped my toes, my little nurgling tentacles in Death Guard. I feel like the, um, Nurgle and Death Guard are probably the like, well, you know what? Zinch and Thousand Suns are also like, mm. they don't line up as well. Unless you're taking flamers with rubrics. <laughs> but even like Zinch Demons isn't super psychic y, mm -hmm. which is weird, whereas Thousand Suns are super psychic y. Mm -hmm. um, Thousand Suns are like, just good at everything. Like they, they are, can teleport all over the table, they can the shoot teleporting you. is rude. They can psychic you to no end, and then they can fight, apparently. <laughs> and, then they, and then they're super resilient, apparently. <laughs> So they just changes fate so they don't die. Yeah. <laughs> um, but no, Death Guard and Nurgle Demon seem to like not have the most lined up playstyles. Mm-hmm. Compared to like like corn demons and uh world eaters are kind of like two halves of the same coin. Not even two different sides of it. They're just like a coin cut in half and it's the same thing. <laughs> 
and the other, next question. Uh, so what are some of the things you do when playing against a new opponent to help put them at ease and start the game off on a positive note? Perhaps you can answer this. Uh, what do I do? Mm-hmm. I mean, I try and just, you know, be kind of jokey and funny and, you know, start off like being excited for your opponent and what they have and what they've built. And, you know, when somebody builds a list, when they've painted an army, like take the time, even if if you're in a tournament and you've got two minutes, if you take that whole two minutes to just like appreciate what your opponent has done and the time they put into their list and what they've got and like be scared about the things that are scary, be excited for the things that are exciting. Like, you know, you're trying to process a lot. And if it's in a more casual setting, like, take even more time like you know look at what their army looks like and Mm -hmm. talk to them about the hobby and i think if you engage somebody with like where they're excited about you're going to kind of build the foundation for a fun game yeah uh what do you do you have any uh, things to add no i think that was perfect i think that is a great way to approach it hobby holy grail Victor, model, or army, or whatever. Mm-hmm. What's yours? My my sister's project that's been on the shelf in boxes. That's my holy grail. I like I said, I have such an idea for it, and I want like I feel like like I'm reaching for it, and like I feel like I'm Icarus, I'm flying so close to the sun, and I'm just oh, it's right there. Right you're you were into the chaos sisters, right? Yeah, and I guess like I think my my biggest struggle was like trying to figure out how to do the units. Like, did I want to play competitively with this army? Like, I so the idea was that I wanted them to be daughters of Bile. Um, the idea was that um, there were female space marines used. And during the whole religious crap, whatever, they kind of kicked them out or they, they died in battle and they never found a way to like augment them or make them um, like put them back together kind of thing, like with like males. But Fabius Bile has found a way in the chaos realm and has glued the female space marines back together and is pretty much going to be like a pimp daddy would be like see I did it guys <laughs> with his pimp cane and like and they will be deadly and beautiful and so um, I even have like color schemes I want like them to be like I want their armor to look so beautiful like a pearl with some gold to make you believe that like wow these are like beautifully put together space marines and then you get up closer and like their face will be slaneshy and grotesque and just like yeah like almost like sirens mm. mm-hmm. i honestly 100 love that and now i know I but like and then i put too much pressure on myself that like uh, i don't know where to begin i don't know where like what f- what first domino i need to to drop first so I get like paralysis, I guess you could say. That's project, fair. So that's, project paralysis. <laughs> that's still so cool. I, I want to see it someday. I'm, yeah. I was like, that is the coolest thing I've heard of in a long time. So 
Because <laughs> like my answer is not going to be anything near that. I, uh, With your ho- holy grail. <laughs> I, right? Like not that cool. I just always wanted to do a manta. That was always kind of my like. Ah, cool. <laughs> not anywhere near as cool as what you just said. But I always just wanted to have that experience of like building the manta. I know it's a like a nightmare and I know it's brutal. Um, but like, I don't know. My, my love for Tau kind of like extends to vehicles especially and since GW has not saw fit to like build up on any of the like vehicle side of Tau the Manta is still kind of that like big like mm-hmm. half the chonky, table <laughs> yeah like it's it's I know it's the the Tau Titan but like it's it's the big Tau thing so mm-hmm. I've always you know someday someday maybe you'll get there uh, that would be that would be really cool that you'll be able to refer back to this episode and be like, that's when I said it. And I put it out in the universe, it manifested, and now I got my manta. Me and my manta. <laughs> <laughs> Me and my manta. <laughs> we can play a game with your uh, daughters of bile on the manta. Oh, I love that. They'll be best friends. Right? Use the manta as the game board. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. Awesome. Well, we're getting long in the tooth here, so oh, thank, I... uh, thank you for the questions. Keep sending them in. Yeah. Um, we love hearing it. We love the feedback. Uh, and for everyone who's listening, thank you so much. Uh, mm-hmm. You're only we, we, pushing us to keep doing this. Yeah, we did have a couple other questions, but we will get back to them next week because, like, yes, this episode went a lot longer than expected. I... I figured you'd get excited talking about painting, so oh, I like. Oh, sorry. <laughs> I hope don't it was apologize. <laughs> no, it's it's good. It's good stuff. But don't get me started. No, <laughs> we will we will keep uh, taking questions. We'll keep answering them. Mm-hmm. Keep sending them in. We'll put them in the uh, bank and we'll get to them. And in the meantime, thank you for joining us. Don't forget, you can subscribe to Chaos Divided. You can find us on social media at Nurgle underscore. Nurgle and mm-hmm. at Blushing Noise Marine. Mm-hmm. Find us. And until next time. Okay. Bye. Ciao for now.